I'm Mandy Fitzsimmons. I'm your Washington Realtors Legal Hotline lawyer. And today's video is another in our series entitled Perspectives on a Transitioning Market. Shelly, thank you for being back again. Yes. And I am really pleased today to be joined by John Rose. Thank you. John, you are an appraiser, correct? That is correct. Excellent. In our industry and in this transitioning market, whether it was yesterday's market or the coming up market, we need to understand the appraisal. As an industry, we need to understand the appraisal process. So thank you so much for being here. We tell us a little bit about yourself, um, maybe the name of your company and where you work primarily. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. Um, again, my name's John Rose. I'm with Premier Appraisal. We're based out of Clark County, although we're licensed in both Oregon and Washington. Uh, I've been appraising for 21 years now, so it's it's been a, we've seen the ups and downs of the couple different markets now. Yes, you have. That's great. Okay, that's exactly the perspective we need. Somebody who's ridden this transition before, right? Yeah, that's right. So, John, let's start first from an educational standpoint. Tell me about the appraisal process. How, as an appraiser, do you determine that the value of this property is $500,000? How do you make that decision? Okay. Well, the first thing is that we have to determine on from a, from a lending perspective, keep in mind most of the appraisals we do are lending-based, uh, what, they're, what they're asking us to do. So if they're asking us, is it a purchase, is it a refinance, is it a home equity line? So we determine on what the scope of work is, what is the lenders wanting us to do. Okay. Then we're going to gather the facts and the information on the property. So we're going to investigate titles, we're going to investigate the GIS and the county records, we're going to look at purchase contracts, uh, we're going to look at maybe you purchase, prior... You mean the purchase contract subject to this, this transaction Correct. is what you're talking about, right? Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. If it's a purchase. So we're gonna gather all the factual information um, prior to even going out to the property. Okay. Part of the appraisal process is then inspecting the property. Majority of the inspections that we do are both interior and exterior. We're required to measure the house, take pictures inside, outside. Um, it might even involve crawl space and attic inspections, depending if it's a government loan. Okay. Um, once we've done an inspection and we've gathered the structural information, we're gonna compare that to the data that we find in uh, the county records and the GIS, and then we're going to pull the comparable data from that particular region. So that's where the fun begins. So we look at the comparables that might be within a one mile radius, it might be just a couple block radius depending on if it's an urban downtown setting or if it's a suburban property or even rural, we might search a five or ten mile radius. Okay. But we're going to start what I always call ground zero. We're going to start with a subject property work our way outward until we get enough data to put a credible report together. Where do you get your data? Is it from the MLS primarily or exclusively or where do you get it? it it's a combination. So there are some third-party um, sites that we gather information, but we do uh, do research on with county records. So we might do a subdivision search to find those properties that may not have been listed. Uh, we've seen that a lot lately with new construction, where a builder may not put all their properties on the MLS. Okay. So we will do a search on the county records. Primarily it is MLS, um, and then some of these third-party resources that might pull in a combination of those. Okay. Here's running down a, a little rabbit trail. I don't want to lose track of where we are, but one of the, the, the 
current events that was happening in the industry six months ago and prior to that was the use of pocket listings for sales, off-market sales. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I would teach, I know as the hotline lawyer and other teachers as well, that that can impact appraised values. Do, is, that a, is that just something that we taught or is that actually a true statement? If, if oh, enough properties are sold off-market, does that impact your ability to get a good number for the next sale? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, part of the requirements that with our use PAP, which is our, our guidelines as appraisers, is that says it needs to be an arm's length transaction. So being an off-market transaction, we first need to decide and confirm, was that a actual market arm's length transaction? Okay. If we can prove that and get enough data that it was a willing buyer, willing seller, typical marketing terms, and it, would, it appears to be an arm's length, then we, we can use that in our reports. Okay. And, and when you talk about using it in your report, just so to make sure we're all on the same page, you're talking about using it as a comparable sale to determine the value of the subject property, Correct. right? Right. Okay. So let's use those terms. Comparable sale, subject property for the property that you're actually appraising. Comparable sale would be the properties that you're comparing the subject property to to determine the value, right? Right. Correct. Okay. Yep. Um, you mentioned that you started treat that property as ground zero and go out from there geographically. Uh, and, and I think that you said that depending on the nature of the property, there's limits on how far out you can go. Is that is that what you said? Is that a true statement? Well, it, it, there's no limits. And so Fannie Mae has come down and said there were limits that they mm -hmm. wanted us to adhere to. And uh, over the past you know, 20 years, it was, if it was, say, a suburban property, it was a one mile radius and within 12 months. Okay. They've since done away with that over the past year and they've told appraisers that you can go as far as you need to to get credible information. And okay. so I think prior to that, appraisers were trying to withhold, put together a report based on this limited criteria of that one mile radius. And if the information wasn't available, Maybe they went back further in time or they just weren't using the correct information when maybe just over a mile away there might have been a great comp, a comparable sale. So I think Fannie Mae did away with that and said, well, we'd like you to stay within these parameters, still trying to stay within that maybe one mile radius. Okay. Um, if, if it's not available as an appraiser, you can go out as far as you need to go to get the credible data. So it, 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 that gives you more latitude. It, it, they're, they're empowering you to exercise your discretion then in selecting the most relevant right. com comparables. Is that right? That's right. <clears throat> okay. So you used, I think you used a suburban property in that analogy. Is that true for then whatever kind of appraisal you're doing? Well, and then Fannie Mae gives us these set guidelines and they say if it's an urban, say a downtown condominium, they expect your comparables to probably be within a half mile radius or within that downtown, that business district. Okay. If it's a rural property and you're 15, 20 minutes away, commute times from freeways, then they expect that your comparable sales are probably going to be a, a broader range. So maybe a five to 10 mile radius. So we have further, we can go out further. Okay. All right. So, uh, me summarizing what you said, you're going to determine the value of the subject property 
by comparing the data you collect, the information you collect about the subject property to recently closed comparable sales, right? That's correct. Okay. <clears throat> when the market is what the market was for the last 10 years, where the price seems to, you know, if the house comes back on the market 10 days after mutual acceptance, that's probably going to come back on the market for more than it was listed when it, when it sold, right? Right. So in a market like that, how does an appraiser give us a f truly fair market value if you're relying on closed sale data? Right. How does that yeah, work? That's, well, that's, that's a good point. That's, that's probably our biggest challenge as appraisers is we're using historical data to come up with a current value. And so that's whatever data is available to us as appraisers, going back to the county records or the MLS, if we're staying within a three to six month window in an appreciating market, now we can make trending adjustments. So if we can use those factual data from the MLS and show that the market has been appreciating maybe 5% over the last 90 days, we can make the proper time adjustments to adjust for the upward trends. That being said, Fannie Mae going back to the reviewer of these files is that a lot of times when they come for instructions on our appraisals is that we have to have one or two active listings or pending sales and we also have to have maybe two sales that have closed in the last 60 days. So they want the most recent information as possible but it does make it a challenge when all of our data that we're using to support or come up with a value is historical. So it makes it a challenge for us. So if you were to have asked me before this conversation, um, can an appraiser consider a not yet closed transaction? I would have said, no, they, they have to consider closed transactions to, to actually have comparable sale prices. But you just said that it's important to you, based on Fannie Mae guidelines, to actually consider pending sales and listed but not yet sold properties as well. Did I understand that? Correct, right. And I think, although that, we, that Fannie Mae wants to have some closed data to show that the market is willing to pay X amount of dollars for this product, mm -hmm. but they also believe in, in a market that's, whether it's going up or down, is that they want us to trend the data. So we do take that into uh, account when we are doing our final reconciliation. Okay, so I will tell you that in the last five or six years, I've heard from real estate brokers who tell me, boy, it's really tough getting an appraisal at sale value, or maybe they say it differently, I've had so many low appraisals lately, right? right? Mm -hmm. The, the notion being the market's going up and appraisers are stuck in the past and so how could they ever evaluate the property fairly? So since this video series is about transitioning markets, should, should we now as an industry assume that all of our appraisals are gonna come in at or above value or at or above the sale price since, since our market, well, and I know our market's really not. Let me back up. The, the, the question I just asked you assumes that there's a declining market. We don't, we don't have a declining market, right? We're seeing prices in most markets stable. either stay flat yeah. or even go up, continue to, to increase, but maybe at a slightly slower rate. Mm -hmm. But let me go ahead and ask that question. If the market were declining then, does that mean that brokers should be able to rely on appraised values always coming in at appraised value? 
Well, I definitely wouldn't tell them to rely on it. Okay. And just as an appreciating market, when we're required to adjust for that data, the same is true if the market, say, is to go down, as we would look at that and we would trend it. That being said, it's easier if in a market that's stable or even slightly declining from an appraisal standpoint, being that the data that we're using is maybe two, three, six months old, those values are typically higher. And so the point you made is you're probably going to see a lot less, fewer, uh, low appraisals okay. in the market going forward. Okay. All right. I also heard embedded in your answer that Fannie Mae is giving appraisers maybe more discretion than they than it used than Fannie Mae used to give appraisers um, in determining value, compensating for information based on the data, comparing it to the subject property. Is that a true? Did I hear that correctly? Is that a true statement or it not? It seems to be, yes. It is true. I think that. You know, the way, and a lot of it was the way that the, the, the guidelines were written, is that even though maybe the, what Fannie Mae intended it to be, uh, by saying one year or 12 months and one mile, for instance, for a suburban property, appraisers were sticking to that. And even though that maybe in some other guidelines it would say you could go out further, I think Fannie Mae, they came out and said, we want you as appraisers to feel confident that you can get the best data available. Now, Fannie Mae still wants us to expand. Everything that appraisers are required to do is we have to explain everything. Explain how we came up with the value, explain how we came up with certain adjustments. We have to reconcile it and explain everything we do. And the same is true if we go maybe further out than a mile or a half a mile or five miles. We have to explain why we did it Maybe we did a search and there was only one sale in the last three months. Therefore, it was necessary to go two, three, four, or five miles away. So as long as we explain it, so it gives us that latitude of you know, going, going out to get the data that we need to make that credible report. Okay. So if an appraiser is not only allowed but required to exercise some level of discretion in preparing the appraisal reports. And that's gotta be a true statement, otherwise you'd be robots, right? We just feed the information into a computer and that would pop the value. Right. So there is necessarily discretion applied by one appraiser versus another appraiser to create the value of this property, right? That's correct, right. Which leads to this, um, this tension that we're feeling right now between the brokerage community and the appraisal community in some cases. I don't think this is across the board. I don't think it's across the state. I, I, I don't know what the rest of the country is feeling. But I'm hearing some reports of brokers in some communities um, restricting certain appraisers from appraising their listings. Have you heard of that at all? I've heard of it. I don't see it firsthand so much, but I have heard of that. And I think a lot of that comes from when, when they shifted the appraisal, the process of, of the ordering of the appraisals back in 2010. Um, you know, we used to work directly for the lenders and the mm -hmm. lenders would have 
their appraisers that they knew were competent and could work a certain area. And then when we went to the ordering process where the AMCs got involved in ordering the appraisals, it expanded out and they enlarged their pool, if you will, of available appraisers. And those appraisers might be 20 or 30 miles away. Okay. And I've, I've, again, I've heard of it is that appraisers coming into an area that they're not familiar with mm -hmm. because they just want the work. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're not familiar with school districts. They're not familiar with zoning laws. But yet they can do an appraisal. They can gather the information on MLS so they consider themselves professional and, and knowledgeable. Right. And, but in reality, you know, sometimes we have to question that is, are they really? Um, and so I've, I've heard of that, but, and I've heard that, um, yeah, that brokers will say, you know, I've had five appraisers or appraisals over the last year that have come in low all by this one appraiser. Right. And it just so happens that appraiser is not local. And so word gets out, they report that appraiser back maybe to a lender or to an AMC. And they say, I don't want that appraiser doing work in our market area. Okay. Shelly, you've been really quiet so far. Um, are you seeing any of that? Are you seeing any brokers posting maybe in a listing printout or in some other um, industry-wide communication where they say, we don't want this appraiser at this property? Currently, I'm not seeing that. However, in the past, I have. And it, it seemed to be more in very rural areas so then it kind of leads to the, it might be the appraiser, not, not that it's a bad appraiser, but it might just happen to be that appraiser is willing to accept appraisals out in this area, and it could be a long commute, but they're willing to take them. Um, it is concerning to me when we're saying this appraiser can't come out. Um, I, Why? I, I don't think that's a good practice because as brokers, we are not appraisers. There's a chance either the, the broker is making that determination or their client is sharing their horror story, but it's all based on perception. And do we really know that that's really true? Yeah. Is this truly a bad appraiser? Um, I, I, I don't think it's right to just put that out there. Um, if you have um, a situation with an appraiser, you need to call the lender or maybe the AMC company or you know something like that versus just putting a blanket statement of you know this person isn't allowed to do the appraisal I, I, I don't think that's right I don't I, I have trouble with it also but I, I do think it's a really sticky issue from a state law level I can't point to a specific law in Washington State that says brokers you can't you can't put a notice like that in the MLS you can't restrict a broker but, but what my concern would be is that HUD, which manages, uh, manages probably the wrong word, HUD has, uh, has some level of authority over this issue, certainly over AMCs, the appraisal management companies, and, and the assignment of appraisals and the whole um, a purpose of making effective the Dodd-Frank rule that AMCs, Ameri that, that uh, appraisals have to be assigned through um, appraisal management companies, HUD has a rule that says that brokers, nobody, not just brokers, but it would apply to brokers as well, brokers may not create the appearance of influencing 
and the appraisal process. So nobody, whether it's the lender or whether it's a broker or whether it's the seller themselves, should not create the appearance of influencing the, the lending process, I mean the appraisal process. So that would be my concern because if you're an appraiser and you see that you've been listed in somebody's MLS printout as not being allowed in their home, maybe it wouldn't affect you personally, but as a general rule, I would think that that might make that appraiser go, I'm going to lose business if I don't make my appraised values go up, right? Or if I don't quit calling out so many work orders, I'm going to lose business. Right. Yeah, potentially could lose the business or, you know, maybe the appraiser does take that personal. And then maybe against that broker or even the firm and could take that into, construe that as saying, well, I, you know, I'm going to turn down work or I'm going to be ultra conservative when it comes to appraising if they come from that XYZ firm. Yeah. So I can see that. You know, because appraisers have the access to the MLS, so they're seeing everything that's in the, <laughs> the private and the public remarks. So yeah. I'd be, yeah, I'd be very careful yeah. as a broker what you put in the MLS. Yeah, yeah. I just think that's a really dangerous practice. Shelly, you dis would dissuade your brokers from doing that. I tell them no. I've actually had some ask in the past, and I've said no. And we talked about it. We, you know, why do you want to do things? And I'm just like, I, I, I just don't think it's there yeah. um, to to really say this person is not allowed to do the appraisal. Yeah. Okay, John, I have a lot, I, Shelly and I have a lot more we want to cover with you. I think that this video is getting long enough. So here's how I'd like to break down the conversation with John. I'd like in this video to thoroughly exhaust how the appraisal process works. And then in the next video with John, talk about the dynamics of the relationship between the appraisal industry and the brokerage industry on a transaction by transaction basis. You need brokers, brokers need you. I wanna talk about that relationship in the next video. So is there anything else that we should talk about in this video that deals with the process of the appraisals themselves? Um, what about, do we need to talk about, uh, what if there's concessions that were built into a, uh, a closed transaction? I know that, and I want to cover a little bit of this in the next video because you need the, the appraisal industry needs the brokerage industry to inform the appraiser about what those concessions might have been, right? Right, absolutely. Let's look at concessions from a different angle, though. What if Shelley sold a house uh, and it's it was listed at five hundred thousand? The negotiated price was five hundred thousand dollars, but then the buyer says, "I need help with my closing costs, seller. If I pay you five ten, will you pay ten thousand of my closing costs?" Sure, seller says, absolutely, we'll do that. So now we've got a 510 purchase price, and you come along to appraise it, and you say the appraised value is 500, or the value of this property is $500,000, and Shelley says, no, 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 it's 510, because how, how do you handle things like that, that, that concessions built into the purchase price? Well, it goes back to our concessions, are they prevalent in the marketplace? So that's, again, something that we as appraisers, we look at, and Fannie Mae has, it's a guideline, is that when we adjust for the value, is Fannie Mae will say you must adjust for concessions if they are prevalent, or excuse me, if they are not prevalent in the marketplace. So if 90% of the homes have concessions built into them, then we consider that prevalent and it's typical of the market and we would just allow that to ride and it stays as part of the purchase price. If only on the other side, 
which we've seen lately, is that because very few homes have concessions built in, because it's not prevalent, now Fannie Mae says you have to adjust and take out that dollar amount, whether it's dollar for dollar or a percentage of that amount, to adjust for. Okay, so we're talking about the comparable sales then, right? Going back to the comparables. Okay. Correct. To a, which ultimately gets us to the valuation toward the subject that we're appraising. But there's no way that you would ever, as an appraiser, care that the, I mean, it would not, inf, it would not make you want to appraise the property higher because the buyer and seller negotiated the price higher in order to build buyer's closing costs in, right? Correct. Like, yeah, yes, most of the time that's correct. Yes, we're looking at base price, and we see that a lot with new construction where maybe there's a $500,000 base price on a, on a home, and like I said, they've added the $10,000, but we know as appraisers we can go to the builder and say, but the base price is five hundred, dollars and that means anybody can come in and buy that same product for $500,000. So that, that's what our market value is, is five hundred. dollars So, yeah, in that case, you know, the concessions would be backed out, and house is only worth 500 okay gotcha all right anything else in this video talking about the appraisal process itself that would be educational to brokers to to say well now I know why that property appraised low I now I understand the appraisal process better anything else brokers should know to, to make that clear well I would say and advise any brokers they're watching this is that make sure that you communicate with the appraiser give them the data wait a second this is what I, I want to hold this for the next video okay <laughs> just the process itself how you, what the appraisal process is to get to the appraised value. Is there any, the mechanics of it? Anything else that would be helpful to discuss in this video? I can't think of the mechanics. I think, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about the other nuances. Okay, all right. All right, so uh, if you have questions about the mechanics of an appraisal process, of which I'm certainly not the, or about which I'm certainly not a, a, an expert, but I now, have a contact information for somebody who is, go ahead and send me a question. Log into warealtor.org and click on the legal hotline. Ask me a question. Ask the legal hotline lawyer a question. And if I don't have the answer, I'll get it for you. Thank you for being a Washington Realtors member. And please tune in to the next video so you can hear John describe how brokers can help an appraiser get to fair market value for it or the appraised value of any property. Right? Sounds good. Excellent.